What's good, everyone? Welcome into Scout Team Sports. It is that day that everybody likes. Well, not so much anymore. You know, Friday used to be that day where it was like, Friday, and here's the weekend, and here's the days off, and here's the, uh, I don't know. Everybody schedules haywire nowadays. But we do have football this weekend. We do have a little sliver of hope and Maybe something that can relax your mind, take your mind off of things, you know, if things are being, if things are tough for you, uh, you know, I wish the best for everybody through this pandemic, um, that we all can get back to um, health and safety uh, the way uh, it kind of sort of used to be, and then even improved and better safety overall for all people. We are into week nine. But first, we got to recap the Thursday night football matchup. And it went as expected. Packers over the Niners, 34-17. Um, Niners uh, had a breakout star in uh, Richie James with 186 yards receiving. Um, I would say at least half of that, though, was in garbage time when the game was already decided. But nonetheless, it was uh, nice to see somebody really trying and really trying to fight, you know. Um, but other than that, I mean, the Packers should have taken care of this and they did because they were the better team and they have the better offense and they have the better quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Um, and so, you know, he did what he was supposed to do. Um, and so finally, uh, you know, if they want to call this a rivalry, the Packers finally got back at the Niners for like the last two years. Um, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a big deal for Aaron Rodgers or the Packers or not. Um, but like I said, I really wouldn't have called this a rivalry just yet, but, I don't know. Go figure. Um, to me, a rivalry is when two teams are actually good, you know, or at least one team is really good and the other one is, like, on on the borderline good. You know, they're struggling, but they're a fighting team. And, you know, every now and then they have the the the, the ability to possibly upset their quote-unquote rival. Um, and I haven't really seen that with the Niners and Packers just yet with this particular rivalry, especially if... Um, you know, one quarterback's not going to be there and might not be there in the future. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Packers take care of the Niners. And we are on to the Sunday slot of games. We start off with Giants at Washington football team. You know what? Um, in the Giants, they seem to fight hard, and so does Washington football team. And it's a trip that both these teams are still in it as far as the division race, uh, as bad as the records are. But you know what? It is what it is, you know. I did say that I was just going to pick out of the blue and go ahead and call a wild upset in the division that the Washington football team was going to win a division. So you know what? I'm sticking with that. I don't care how crazy it is. It's a crazy division. Everybody has issues, especially the two teams that should clearly probably be front running which is the Cowboys and the Eagles can't trust either one of them so you know what we're riding with Washington football team not saying that they're going to win every game even if they were to somehow win the division but they got to win this game a division rival game against the 1-7 Giants and I think they got enough in the tank to get the job done although it won't be easy for them so I'm picking Washington football team over the Giants at home Next, we have the Bears at the Titans, two teams that started out really hot but um, have struggled as of late. 
Um, and I mean, it's competition, you know, so it's not uh, like um, these teams are bad. Bears are five and three. Titans are five and two. Those are not bad records at all. Um, but one of them is going to have to go down as well as far as well as the other one going up. So um, in this game, I'm going to go with the Titans just because I just don't see the Bears having a remedy for uh, their poor offense just yet. Um, and I mean, I, I know the defense can do some things um, and, uh, you know, Foles should have a, a slightly easier time against the Titans than the average defense that he faces. But, um, you know, it, this is probably going to be like a this might be like a 10-7 game, I think. Um, but I think the Titans will come out on top as long as their field goal kicker can kick field goals. I mean, man, in one day, one week, he's horrible. And the next week, he's hot. And the next week, he's horrible. And the next week, he's hot. That might that might do them in. I don't know. <laughs> the tight, that might do them in. But I'm still going to go with the Titans. Both have, you know, as I mean, the Bears have a more superior defense. Uh, but the Titans, I would say, if you talk about offense and defense, I think that balance or somewhat of a balance that they might have would be just enough to edge out the Bears because of the Bears' uh lack of offense. So I'm going to go with the Titans over the Bears. Next, we have uh, the Lions at the Vikings, uh, two teams that are struggling to find their way. Uh, the Vikings pulling the upset last week, um, most noteworthy over the Packers, over the 5-1 and one Packers. And with these teams, uh, the Lions and the Vikings being division rivals and being a game apart and um, being on the um, the weaker side of things but still able to fight and then they're fighting against each other I I really have a hard time picking these games because it seems like both teams have so many weaknesses but they can still somewhat do something on offense uh, for the Lions their main connection is Matt Stafford to Kenny Galladay and then for the Vikings it's Dalvin Cook all day so it's a Lions passing game versus a Vikings running game with both defenses being inferior and suspect at best so i'm thinking uh man this is one of those toss-up games these are hard to pick so i'm gonna go with um man i think i'm gonna go with the vikings just because i think they can ride the high off of last week and they can keep it moving and then you know with the lions i don't know i really don't know about either one of these teams it's like I mean, I know what their weaknesses are and I know what their strengths are, but it's hard to pick when they're they're about evenly matched, I would say. Both teams have one power on offense, that's it, and both defenses are suspects. So it's like, how do you pick those? Those are truly toss-up games. So I'm just go with the Vikings. They're at home and uh, over the lines. Yeah, don't have much else on that. <laughs> uh, next, we have Panthers at the Chiefs. Um, Panthers don't have enough um, firepower on offense. Um, if Christian McCaffrey comes back, um, will he be a hundred percent if he's ready to go? You know, I, even if he does come back and he's back, he, he won't be a hundred percent. Um, and then no defense or not good enough defense against Pat Mahomes and company. So yeah, I'm not saying it'll be a, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but, um, the Chiefs shouldn't have a problem winning this game. So it's only a handful of teams that could probably beat the Chiefs this season and even into the playoffs. So uh, I don't see the Panthers as one of them. So Chiefs over the Panthers. Uh, the Chiefs are at home. So Chiefs over the Panthers in that one. Next, we have uh, Texans at Jaguars, a battle of one and sixes. 
Uh, this is another one of those games that, you know, normally is hard to pick. Um, but, you know, as bad as both teams are at one and six, um, I'll just go with the team who has a better quarterback, and that's the Texans and Deshaun Watson, as bad as things are. And, you know, J.J. Watt just came out in the middle of the season, which is like the worst time, um, talking about he doesn't want to rebuild. But I know he wants to get traded. But, I mean, hey, who's to say he's going to get traded to a contender? Um, I hope he doesn't get traded to a contender that just makes everything lopsided because they're already somewhat dominant. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, uh, I'm guessing that J.J. Watt said what he said because he wants to get traded and he wants to get traded to a contender and he's not about rebuilding and stuff like that. I don't know that he's the type of player that can be asking for what he's asking for considering he is not the type of player that he used to be. I mean, he's just not the same after the multiple back surgeries and, 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 you know, coming back from, you know, it's great that he came back for, for, for his, his own happiness, you know, his own psyche. But I mean, he's not what he used to be. You can't be after multiple back surgeries. I don't care who you are. When you damage your neck and your back, um, you can never be as good as you were beforehand. That's just, that's just a fact of life. Even if you are a superhero, as most would think that you are because you play in the NFL, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, what he's asking for, um, I don't know would, would the Texans do that. If anything that they're probably going to, cause you know, they never, uh, want to trade a, a valuable player or a player of somewhat value, um, to either a division rival or even somebody in the conference that can damage them or stop them in the future. Of course, not this season, but in the future from making the playoffs So nine times out of 10, the Texans, if they do trade him, would trade him to an NFC team. And then from there, it's, you know, are they going to grant his wish about uh, trading him to a contender or not? So I don't know. Would a team want him, depending on what they what he wants to get paid and all that, moving forward after his contract is up or, you know, whatever contract that that team would take on as far as what uh, J.J. is under contract now? It remains to be seen. Big question mark. But yeah, as far as this game goes, like I said, Texans, I will take the Texans over the Jaguars. Um, if nothing else, Deshaun Watson is 10 times better than uh, Garner Minshew. And so uh, uh, Will Fuller is staying put. And so him and I think, I mean, I don't know, Brandon Cooks have been on so many teams. Is Brandon Cooks on Texans still or is he gone again? Um, I'll take the Texans over the Jaguars, both bad teams, but one is a clearly better quarterback. So Texans over the Jaguars. Next, we have a good matchup Ravens uh, at Colts. Um, You know, you know, Lamar Jackson has had his uh, this is a true test for him because he's had his um, two losses against two of the toughest teams in the AFC uh, and the Chiefs and the Steelers, and because of their running game and defense, the Colts are, you know, I want to say a couple rungs down, but they're 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 right up there, you know, they're still right up there um, as far as, I would say, at least in the top seven teams. If you're talking about teams that are going to the playoffs, the Colts are, I would say, right now would be in the top seven, uh, not just because of record, but because of caliber, because of their running game and defense. Um, and so this is a true test for Lamar Jackson, um, to get this job done, if he can beat them, then this is a this is an upside to this uh, 
slide and downfall of not being able to win big games and not being able to beat really good teams. He needs to, he needs this win. Lamar Jackson needs this win more than anything. Um, they have a running game. They have a running game. You know, defense is, is, is all right. It seems like the Colts are stout as far as their running game and defense. So this should be a knockdown drag out fight. And if both teams are, you know, both teams kind of cancel each other out with a running game and defense, it's going to come down to quarterback play. Who do you got? Do you got Lamar Jackson or do you got Phillip Rivers? I know the choices are not what you would want <laughs> if you had any quarterback. But, yeah, we're not talking about any quarterback. We're talking about this matchup. So I'm going to pick Lamar. I'm going to think that he can get the job done and uh, pick the Ravens over the Colts by maybe like three points. It ain't going to be easy. Um, the Colts are going to come to play. Running game and defense are no joke. Um, but I think with the Ravens running game and defense, and uh, I'm thinking Lamar can make one less mistake than Phillip Rivers. Uh, if the the Ravens can get up late in the fourth quarter and then force Phillip Rivers to throw, therein lies your win because I don't trust Phillip Rivers to lead a fourth quarter comeback or a last drive uh, win. Um, I don't trust him to do that. I would trust him to throw a pick. So uh, that's what I'm going with. And I'm going to go with the Ravens over the Colts. Uh, next we have... The Seahawks at the Bills, a very, very, very good game here. Seahawks at the Bills. Um, you got six and one Seahawks at the six and two Bills, both playoff bound teams. Uh, this could tell a lot for the future as far as um, how these two teams will fare against other good teams in the playoffs. Um, but it, it, this is weird because. I like, you know, I like Russell Wilson to do his thing uh, against what he will have to deal with is a tougher defense than he's normally used to facing uh, in the Bills. Um, and then the Seahawks defense gives up points and gives up yards like crazy. So, you know, the Bills and, you know, as far as uh, Josh Allen and Singletary and I mean, they really need to get Singletary going. They really need to and lay off of Josh Allen running the ball so much and establish Singletary. And then Josh Allen slips through the cracks when they're not expecting him. And then uh, he can hit it to throw it to um, Stefan Diggs and they can get things going on offense like that. That shouldn't be a problem for them against the Seahawks defense. Um, so if this comes down to a shootout, uh, man, because I really, I really, I really respect the Bills and their toughness. And the Seahawks have shown, you know, kinks in their armor. Um, I mean, Josh Allen can't run around the field like Kyler Murray can. Um, and that's really what it takes to beat the Seahawks is, you know, uh, a mobile quarterback and one that can be accurate throwing the ball, even though Kyler Murray did have some issues when they when he faced him. Um, but, yeah, this is another tough matchup when they're when they're level like this. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm going to go with the Bills. That's probably an upset. That's probably an upset. Um, but I, I really see this one going either way. I don't see either team being dominant or blowing the other team out or, you know, one team just not coming to play. Um, I, I'm going to take the Bills in a tough one. This is going to be a tough one, but I'm going to take the Bills over the Seahawks. It doesn't mean that 
the Seahawks aren't gonna, I still think the Seahawks, um, are, you know, I still think the Seahawks are probably going to win in division, uh, even though the Cardinals do have a win over them. So it's, it's not, that's not sold. Um, I'm thinking the Seahawks are still going to win in division, but we never know. But um, this is one of those games where I think that uh, they're, they're going to run into a buzzsaw in terms of, not a buzzsaw, that's the wrong word. They're going to run into a, uh, what's the term? Uh, a stop gap. No, it's not. I don't know all the good terms. What are all the good terms? <laughs> but they're going to run into a team that is hungry and uh, I think definitely knows that they should be winning the AFC East in the Bills. And I think, you know, the Seahawks giving up too much on uh, defense is going to probably bite them in the behind again. So I'm taking the Bills in a close one and an upset over the Seahawks. Next, we have Broncos at the Falcons. Um, like the, the I like the Broncos coming up in terms of you know running game. It seems like Drew Locke's getting better, and then you have the Falcons who are just I don't know what what's going on with them. But then they eke out wins and they get wins, you know, with their offense and what you know Matt Ryan and Julio are capable of doing, which is you know not surprising. But what's surprising is their defense actually holding on. Um, I am gonna pick the Falcons in this one just because I think that their offense would be enough to overcome uh, the Broncos defense. And then the Broncos, even though the Falcons defense would give up normally a lot of points, the Broncos won't have enough uh, to get there. They want to have enough to overcome the Falcons uh, and their, their offense. So uh, it might be a shootout, I would think, but even if it is a shootout, I'm picking the Falcons over that. As bad as their defense is, uh, I'm going to pick the Falcons over the Broncos. I still think the offense would have enough to put the game out of reach for the Broncos and the Broncos offense would not have enough to overcome that. So Falcons over the Broncos. We're going to take a break right there and we'll be back after the message from our sponsor. This is Scout Team Sports. See you in a minute. Scout Team Sports and we are back. We are back rolling and we are getting on to our next prediction uh, in this week nine of the NFL Raiders at Chargers, but first big news out of Las Vegas. The Raiders uh, are the first team to be severely penalized for the violations of COVID protocol. So the first uh, violation was John Gruden not wearing a mask, not covering up his face uh, earlier on in the season. The second violation was the Raiders are at a charity event and several players were shown in pictures not wearing masks. And now this Last violation with uh, Trent Brown, as far as uh, the I, they're blaming the Raiders for the lack of care for Trent Brown um, for all intents and purposes, meaning like, you know, they didn't do it. You know, whatever it is, they didn't do it the way they were supposed to as far as uh, handling him and his care and his safety and, his, and protecting him. Um, as far as uh, they didn't say anything about Trent Brown not wearing a mask, but they said something about the mishandling of Trent Brown as in regards to COVID. Um, I don't know if they're blaming the Raiders for him catching COVID. I don't know. It just it was kind of jumbled there. But what they're basically saying is this is your third strike and we're penalizing you. And so the Raiders have been stripped uh, of a six round draft pick in next year's draft. That's crazy. Um, they are fined, of course, again. Uh, their total fines for COVID come to $1.2 million. So this last um, 
His last fines was uh, 150000 for Gruden, I think 200000 for the organization. And the total so far for the Raiders being fined due to COVID penalties has been $1.2 million so far. And on top of that, they get stripped of their sixth round pick in this coming draft, NFL draft, for COVID penalties total. So that's that's crazy. I don't think it should have gone that far. Um, but I know that they're like, well, we're fining you, we're fining you, we're fining you, we're fining you. That's not good enough. Fine. We're going to strip you of a draft pick. I, I get the progression, but I, I still don't agree with it, but I get the progression. Um, and I, like I said, I don't, I really don't agree with the, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with them taking a draft pick from a team for this, but I get the, I understand the progression. I don't condone it, but I understand it. I know I, I'm stressing that a lot, but it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And at the same time, it's like, uh, follow the protocol. So this doesn't happen. <laughs> what are we doing here? But yeah, so the Raiders have, have already received a blow in in the middle of the season for COVID. Yeah, that's it's wonderful. But let's get on to the game. Raiders at Chargers. I think the Raiders are going to ride their momentum of their win from last week against the Browns. And I believe that they have enough to beat the Chargers. But this is probably going to, I'm thinking this is going to be a shootout because Justin Herbert has shown that he is ready to play. And he seems to be able to light it up in the passing game. And even with uh, Jonathan Abram back there, whom I, whom I trust, um, it's going to be a rough time for the Raiders defense in this one because the Chargers can score the ball. They can score on offense. But I think the Chargers defense is going to come up short and fail them. And if the Raiders get ahead, I don't think that the Raiders will uh, lose the lead. I think that they have enough as far as the running game with Josh Jacobs. And in the passing game, as long as Derek Carr utilizes all his weapons, as long as he utilizes all his weapons, most notably Henry Ruggs. He is the deep threat. There's a reason why you got him first overall. He needs to be able to stretch the field so that uh, you have the available underneath passes underneath completions to Darren Waller who I know you're gonna you're gonna target the most as well as next Nelson Aguilar so if you're not going to I mean you you have to target at least target rugs uh even if you overthrow him or underthrow him but um I, I just see the Raiders as a better football team right now. Um, but it's not to say that the Chargers couldn't win this because their record is only two and five and the Raiders are four and three. So that's not that far off. Um, and I see a lot of fight in the Chargers. And I always saw the Chargers as uh, some somewhat of a dangerous team, especially for the Raiders. It's not just, and yes, the Chiefs and everybody else in the division. But uh, I really thought that the Raiders and the Chargers were going to duke it out for second place. But, you know, that's even the toss-up now because the Broncos are right in the thick of it as far as second place for the AFC West. But I see the Raiders as having just enough to win this game. I don't think it's going to be by much, but I see them having just enough. So I'm taking the Raiders over the Chargers. Next, um, the Steelers have a bye week uh, as they go into Dallas to face the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> it's unfortunate. But, um, I mean, hey, it, it is what it is. I don't know if, if, if Andy Dalton's going to be back or if it's going to be Danucci again. But um, either way, it doesn't matter. Steelers are getting an easy one here. 
Uh, man, it's just it's, it's amazing when it comes to the talent gap in the in some of these games where it just seems like I mean like the Chiefs last week getting getting to face the horrible Jets and now the Steelers are getting to face the really really bad Cowboys. It's just not, it's like that's just not fair. Like it, the wins should not be this easy for any NFL team. <laughs> And they are. But yeah, we'll pick the Steelers over the Cowboys. Uh, Next, we have the Dolphins at the Cardinals. Uh, This is a tricky matchup because, um, you know, the Cardinals, while they have a better record, have been have shown themselves to be, you know, sometimes they 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 drop the ball at the worst times when you thought that they would you know clearly win. And the Cardinals are that team where I have had such bad luck picking their wins and losses. <laughs> I've, I think I've only gotten maybe one or two right in in in, in their seven games uh, thus far. Um, yeah, I think maybe two. And uh, but you know the, the the Dolphins, you know they were doing good with Fitzpatrick, and now they are riding high after their first win with Tua um, against the Rams, and they beat the Rams. Um, that was more so a whole team win. I'm not going to give all the credit to Tua. I watched the game. I watched what happened. And the Dolphins scored on all three facets of the game. They scored on offense. They scored on defense, fumble return for a touchdown. They scored on special teams off a kick return. Now, that's not going to happen every game. Sometimes, most games, it's going to be your offense scoring your defense playing well but not scoring your special teams getting you a good field position but maybe not scoring um but yeah that's not going to happen every single game um and so I can't see that happening back-to-back games if I if if I do then hey Dolphins to the playoffs (laughs) because if you can score in all three facets of the game in multiple games you should be a playoff team um but I don't see that happening back-to-back games. And so if it's just Tua trying to score on offense and uh, trying to lead the Dolphins to victory, I don't think it's going to be enough against the Cardinals. So I'm picking the Cardinals and Kyler Murray to uh, score and run wild. Him and D-Hop should do their thing against the Dolphins at home. Next, we get to the last two games of the weekend, both primetime games, and you have games that are like night and day. One of the most anticipated, probably the most anticipated of the weekend, and probably the very least anticipated. We'll start off with the good one, Sunday Night Football, Saints at Buccaneers. Both teams need this game. This is a must win for both teams. So you start off with the Buccaneers at home, 6-2, and two, led by Tom Brady. They need this game because, number one, they're only a half game ahead of the Saints, and they would like to be more than that ahead of the Saints. Two, they need this so that the Saints don't sweep them in the tiebreaker. Um, they have already lost to the Buccaneers first game, I mean, lost to the Saints, rather, first game of the season the Buccaneers did. And so they need this. They need to split this season series so that the Saints won't have a clear advantage over them if it comes down to the wire at the end of the season and say both records are tied. The Saints would win the tiebreaker uh, by having swept the Buccaneers during the season. And at the same time, just like what I just said, uh, the Saints need this game because they're half a game behind the Buccaneers. If they get this win, they sweep 
the Buccaneers indefinitely hold, have a stranglehold on them moving forward as long as they uh, win and um, at least tie the Buccaneers at the end of the season, uh, which they very well could do, then uh, they would win the tiebreaker over the Buccaneers by way of sweeping them during the season series. Um, For this one, uh, I see the Saints having a harder time uh, scoring on the Buccaneers defense than I do the Buccaneers scoring on the Saints defense. Uh, you know, that first game was the first game of the season. It's not to say that Brady couldn't throw a pick six again. He very well could, but so could Drew Brees. So um, this one, I think that just because, like I said, both offenses should be able to score. But in terms of who has a tougher time as far as the defense, I don't see the Saints defense. Um, I don't see them as being a dominant enough team to beat the Buccaneers a second time. Maybe they get over on them. I don't know. But I think the safe pick for me is to pick the Buccaneers because I think that, like I said, their defense will um, give Drew Brees a tougher time and Alvin Kamara a tougher time uh, than the Saints defense will give uh, the Buccaneers offense. So for that reason and that reason alone, I'm picking the Buccaneers edging out the Saints uh, and what should be an exciting game. This could be a low-scoring game or this could be a shootout. Um, but I, like I said, I just think that the Saints offense has a tougher uh, deal ahead of them than the um, Buccaneers do. So, yeah, I, it really is going to come down to that. I think it's going to come down to uh, the Buccaneers being able to score on the Saints defense and then the Saints will have to try to score and come back uh, on the Buccaneers defense and they won't, they just, they'll miss the boat just by a little bit. So um, I'm thinking the Buccaneers are going to win this one by a very, very narrow margin, but should be an exciting game. Could go either way, but I'm picking the Buccaneers just to edge out the Saints. And next you get your Monday night football matchup and it is, drum roll please, the 2-5 and five Patriots against the 0-8 Jets. Who's going to win this one? Nobody cares except for Patriots and Jets fans. I know, I know. You are people too. You are important to me. So I'm going to call this game as I see it. Uh, Patriots will win the game. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got. Cam Newton is, you know, somewhat better than Sam Darnold. And, uh, you know, even though he's struggling right now, and 2-5 and five is that much better than 0-8, but technically it is. So that really don't have much else other than that. The Jets are bad. They're horrible. They can't do anything on offense. They can't do anything on defense. The Patriots have a, a good defense, but it's been depleted. Cam Newton doesn't really have any weapons around him on the offense, but he can run the football himself. And so, hey, maybe the Patriots win 3-0. to zero. I don't know. It could happen. Patriots over Jets for your Monday night football matchup that I know everybody's going to be watching. And <laughs> that will conclude... That will conclude our predictions and analysis for week nine in the NFL. I definitely, once again, appreciate everybody for rocking with me. I appreciate all my listeners, all my subscribers. Please like, please, however it is that you can like, um, 
Please share this with other sports fans, other NFL fans, and please subscribe. I appreciate everybody, like I said, for rocking with me and me pursuing the dream uh, in sports media. So we're going to keep this thing rolling, and I'm going to be here for you every Friday and every Tuesday to recap. So we'll see you on Tuesday for the recap of this NFL weekend. Once again, my name is DeValian, and I am here with Scout Team Sports. We'll see you Tuesday. Believe until you stop breathing.